0: Thanks very much, uh, Corin, for a reading for us. That was great. Thank you very much. Well, it'd be great if you could have open in front of you uh, Psalm uh, 91. Heavenly Father, we uh, bow in your presence. And as we look at this psalm, please open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, so we may see, hear and understand what you want to teach us from this psalm. Thank you that we can meet in this way. Uh, remotely, even though we can't meet together physically. We ask for your blessing upon the rest of our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With over 200,000 deaths worldwide, and over 20,000 souls in the UK alone having lost their lives to COVID-19, and talk of the possibility of reinfection, having had the virus, Perhaps many of us are rightly concerned for our safety during this pandemic. Will I be kept safe? Or will I get a cough and a fever leading to breathing problems and a fight for life? Or can I take it for granted that I will be kept safe because I have found refuge in the Christian God of the Bible? Uh, Some of us who've been Christians for a while uh, will immediately say, well, of course it doesn't mean that. Don't be so ridiculously naive. Neither God, Jesus, nor the Bible makes any such promise. And yet the anonymous writer of Psalm uh, 91 writes this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 1. Verse 3, surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. Verse 5, you will not fear the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. Remind you of anything in the news lately? But it will not come near you. Verse 9, if you say the Lord is my refuge, verse 10, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Because, verse 14, he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he who acknowledges my name. So quite clearly, the promise of this psalm is that God will keep safe Those who trust in him. He will protect them or be a refuge or a fortress for them. Verse 2 of Psalm 91. So the question is, how are you and I to understand this promise? What does it actually mean? Well, let me start by telling you what this promise does not mean. Or what your spiritual enemy, the devil, will want you to think it means. I want to start by telling you how Satan wants you to misread Psalm 91. How do I know this? I hear you ask. Well, in Luke chapter 4, while tempting Jesus to jump from a high place in Jerusalem, the devil, or Satan, quotes verses 11 and 12 of Psalm 91. Jesus Don't you know that if you take refuge in God and put him to the test in this matter, no harm will overtake you? No disaster will come near your door? Because, well, the Bible says so. Psalm 91 and verse 11 says this, He that is God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They, i.e. God's angels, verse 12, will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus, you will not even so much as stub your toe on a rock. In other words, do not go to the cross. Do not put yourself through all that pain and suffering for the sins of the world. No, Jesus, if God really loves you, he would keep you safe. After all, that is what Psalm 91 says. Can you see how clever and strategic the devil is? If as Christians, or someone who takes refuge in God, the devil can convince you to believe that nothing really bad will ever happen to you, you may go through some difficult times, yes, But God will never let anything really bad ever happen to you. If you believe that, then when, not if, when bad things happen, your trust or confidence in God will be severely compromised. And you will begin to pull back from loving and serving him wholeheartedly. I am convinced that many people will end up ultimately rejecting God because they have been led to believe by false teaching that God has broken promises to them that he never made in the first place. In the New Testament, Paul urges a younger minister called Timothy to entrust the teaching of God's promises in the gospel to reliable men who were qualified to teach or correctly handle The word of truth. Teaching the Bible accurately is desperately important because not doing so can be devastating. It can cause some people to dismiss Christianity because they think it does not work or that God's promises are simply untrue. And that is exactly what Satan wants people to think. And he particularly targets Christians in this respect because, of course, He already owns those who are not Christians, even though they don't believe in him. So Psalm 91 is not saying Christians are somehow immune from dying of the COVID-19 virus. The truth is, Christians get cancer, get killed in road traffic accidents, suffer bereavement, lose their jobs, are brutally murdered and raped. And this kind of thing goes on all the time. Psalm 91 is not saying God will keep us safe, that is, never allow such things to happen to us. Simply because we know and love him and have found refuge through his salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does this promise of God keeping us safe in Psalm 91 really mean? A part of Article 20 of the Church of England reads as follows. It is not lawful for the church to ordain anything that is contrary to God's word written. Neither may it so expound one place of scripture that it be repugnant to another. Any good Bible teacher will always use clearer parts of scripture to shed light on those parts of Scripture that are less clear. If you find one part of Scripture contradicting another part of Scripture, the problem is not with the Scriptures themselves, but highly likely with you or your interpretation of that Scripture. So let us uh, briefly look at three other Scriptures that will help us interpret and understand what God's promise of safety or protection in Psalm 91 really is. Looks like. You don't have to turn to these, but first, Genesis 50 and verse 20, we read these words You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. This is Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcoat fame speaking. Towards the end of a life in which he had been abused, Falsely accused, convicted, and imprisoned. And all this after literally being sold into slavery by his own brothers. Having wrestled with himself to forgive them, Joseph says to his brothers, God in his wisdom, use your evil actions for his greater good. Look, we were a dysfunctional family. And I was a small brat and so full of myself that I did not see what an idiot I was being. But if I had not been sold into slavery and become a a convicted criminal and later imprisoned in Egypt, I would not have risen to become Prime Minister and be in the position I am now in. A position which has led to the saving of many lives, including those of my very own family and people. When I was pleading with you not to sell me. When I was abused by those slave traders on the way to Egypt. When I was falsely accused and later languishing in prison, although it did not seem like it and it did not feel like it at the time. In retrospect, I can now see that God was protecting me and keeping me safe and he was protecting and keeping all of you safe. As has now become apparent to all of us. Or, secondly, that was Genesis 50, verse 20. What about Romans 8, verse 28, which reads as follows And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His. Purpose. That is the ESV translation because, for some reason, the new NIV leaves out the word together, which is in the original. Paul writes that all things are working together for good. He does not say just the good things, but both the bad and the good. He does not pretend that there is some sort of silver lining in all the bad stuff. If only you you had the right perspective. The Bible's teaching is never this shallow or superficial. And if we make it so, the problem is with us and not the scriptures. No, lots of really bad things that happen are just plain bad. They are horrible, traumatic, painful, for many even life-changing. End of story and if you think otherwise well where have you been for the last six weeks but here's the thing what romans 8:28 is saying is this god is so incredibly powerful that in the long run he's able to take all things both the good and the bad together and while bringing his power to bear he's able to bring all of them together so that as you and i stand looking back down the corridors of human history at the end of it all, we will see that all things will have been moving in the direction of God's greater glory and our ultimate good. And the story of Joseph in Genesis chapters 37 to the end of the book encapsulates in miniature form this very notion, this vitally important principle And Biblical perspective. Thirdly and finally, you might like to turn with me to Luke 21 and verses 16 to 18. Luke 21 verses 16 to 18. Jesus says the following to his first disciples back in the first century. Luke 21 verse 16. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Luke 21 verses 16 to 18. As you live for me and talk about me, says Jesus, even members of your own family will betray you. People will hate you because you are my followers, and some of you will be killed. And yet, not even a hair of your head will perish. In fact, if you stand firm, you will win life itself. What does that mean? How can I win life when I end up being martyred for my faith in Jesus? How does that even work? Well, I think Jesus means something like this. If you or I are living for anything or anyone more than Jesus, we are not safe. We have no real protection. Whether you are living for your job or career, a relationship with another adult or a child, if anything matters in your life more than Jesus, when that thing is threatened or perhaps taken away from you, It'll be as if your whole world has fallen apart or come to an end. You discover you have no meaning, no purpose, no life because, of course, it was all wrapped up in that idol, that thing or relationship that has now been lost. But, but if difficult times can be allowed to teach us not to turn good things into God things. It's not that we end up loving jobs or careers or family less, but rather that we learn to love Jesus more. Ironically, only then do we possess our own souls, our own lives. Only then are we truly safe and truly protected by God. Otherwise, you are just enslaved or possessed by those good things That you've idolized into having God like status in your life. So, Psalm 91 is not saying God will protect or keep you safe from all troubles. That was not Joseph's experience, nor even the experience of Jesus. And it has not been the experience of his disciples from the first to the 21st centuries. No, rather, God in his mercy will keep you safe in and through your troubles. He will keep you safe despite your troubles, teaching, guiding, and protecting your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus in and through difficulties, so that no matter what, you keep trusting in Jesus. And we can know this because of Psalm 91 and verse 4. Look at Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. Hundreds of years later, Jesus, Jesus Christ himself, weeps over the city of Jerusalem. He describes himself as longing to gather his children together, I quote, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Psalm 91, verse 4. On the cross, Jesus endured the heat of his father's wrath so that he might gather you and I under the safety and protection of his wings both now and for all eternity. As some firemen surveyed an area of forest destroyed by a bushfire, One of them came across a dead bird still sitting on its nest. And as he poked at it, out from underneath, this mother bird ran three lively little chicks. That mother bird absorbed in her body the heat of those flames as a substitute on behalf of her chicks. That is what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. All those years ago. What that means is this. When troubles come. Whenever death itself begins stalking you and I. If we are trusting in Jesus. We can know we are not being judged or punished for our sins. Jesus has already taken care of that. No matter what we can know we are being kept safe despite illness, troubles, or even death itself. Safe for an eternity with our Lord in heaven. Or in the words of Psalm 91, verse 15 and 16, He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, can I encourage you, if you're not a Christian, perhaps listening to this, you need to look to Jesus as your refuge, your fortress, and your strength. Only in him can you have true safety and protection. And for those of us who are Christian, we should rejoice in the safety we found in Jesus, no matter what befalls us here and now. Well, let me lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that even though you do not promise to remove pain or suffering from our lives or to take us out of difficult situations, you are powerful enough to teach, to lead and guide us through all these things such that we might continue to love and trust you no matter what. We thank you that troubles, hardship and even death itself does not mean you are punishing us, since all our sins have already been punished and dealt with through the cross of Jesus Christ. We thank and praise you for these great truths. Please enable us To have hope and confidence in you when facing challenging times like the current crisis sweeping across our world. And help us to point others to the hope that we have in Jesus. We ask all these things in his name. Amen.